And we back, episode 59 of the podcast, dude, almost to that big 6-0, almost there. And, you know, sometimes I don't have an idea where I'm going to go with this pod some days, and other days I have a bunch of shit written out. I mean, there's a couple things on my mind, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know off top. But one of the things <laughs> uh, I saw, dude, was this, uh, look... I think all high fashion is garbage, and the fact that you have to pay over 500 for even like a t-shirt, I think is absolute garbage. You could tell me all day, oh, this shirt was made from literally, you know, sheep that were raised by by elders, you know, in the 1700s, and this lineage is passed down from generation to generation and literally, as you run your fingers through the sheep's wool, it's like, just, just like a creamy, almost godlike fabric. It's like, no, dude, I don't care. I'm, 500 bucks, go go fuck yourself. He's all, well, it's a Dragon Ball Z collaboration. I'm like, where do I sign up right now? Hurry up. Hurry up. Run it. Run it. Because that's how they get you, dude. They put a fucking Dragon Ball Z collaboration on a shirt and everybody's like, oh, but it means so much to me nostalgically, and now I can afford to pay for it because now I have a job. But back then when my parents were like, no, you can't really get it because we can't really afford that, even though it wasn't that expensive. But they were teaching me, like, the value of money in a dollar. And now that you're older, you're like, fuck it. That ruined me. So now I just spend all my money on everything I see and everything I want that reminds me of my childhood. And that's how you end up there, dude. <laughs> that's, dude, I think my generation is so fucked. Like, these people... Uh, these companies or these corporations or the, these heads of broadcasting television, they, they, they got us, dude, like TV at its peak, right? And like TV in the eighties to nineties was, I gotta say at its fucking peak, they had best cartoons, best sitcoms. It was, it was solid, but mainly the cartoons, you know, and they found a way how like they waited because you couldn't bring this shit to me when I was in high school because I wouldn't give a fuck like I really wouldn't I'd be like oh that's cool but like I liked that shit when I was a kid no they said hold the line and let's wait because these motherfuckers are going to turn 30 and as soon as they do we're going to release everything that they remember as a kid because now that they're getting older they're clawing at the chance to stay young again and they fucking got us dude like i cannot tell you my i look i think my generation was part of the coolest generation but i also think we are garbage because like we are so hungry for nostalgia and so wanting that like feeling of being young again that we we pay for shit that we shouldn't and I, and I love when I see people selling that, uh, uh, selling it online. Like, uh, like they're, oh, dude, look, I'm not saying if you collect, uh, what are they called? Uh, pot, uh, those fucking toys with the big heads, uh, those fucking, <laughs> see, dude, I don't even, I don't even know them that well. What are they called? I don't want to like an idiot. I want to call them poppets, dude, but I know that's not the right word. Oh, God damn it. What are they called? Um, uh, I'm typing in fucking oh Funko Pops. Thank you. Not 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 too far away from Pop. It's come on, Funko Pops, right? These little these little toys. Uh, they're I guess they're like collectibles, right? And and some of them are valuable. I'm not gonna knock them like that, but I'm just saying like that Funko brand nailed it because they were like we have these guys easily we just release the favorite shows favorite pop culture shows it doesn't even matter musicians it's all over the place with these things dude and uh i mean i know 40 year olds waiting outside of hot topic for these things for a hot topic exclusive i used to work at zoomies and hot topic was right next door and i would see the same people on like uh each week waiting in line for a, a funko pop now me i never been like when i was a kid i played with toys you know because i would act them out doing stuff and that's fine like you know but now i'm i i really i promise you i cannot for the life of me go into a store and buy a toy based off of a movie i like or uh 
uh, or a show or whatever the, the case is. I will say this. If they are given to me as gifts, I love them because I'm not expecting it. So it's it's because uh, I do like them, but I just can't buy them myself. I feel like I wouldn't. And that's not me. But if they're given to me as gifts, I appreciate them because it's from the person. They know what I love. So it, it, there's a meaning behind the gift. But I personally will not go out and buy a Funko Pop. I, I was I remember I was at a store and I saw a Funko Pop that I kind of like from a, I don't even know if it was a band or a movie or a show. I was holding it. I was looking at it. and But then I was like, yeah, but I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to spend $25 on this. Like, I, dude, like, I work for my money. And I can't imagine me at a shift working for however much I make. And even if, like, if you break that up, that 25 is probably, like, whatever, uh, 15 minutes of me working I cannot justify that the 15 minutes of me working and that $25 uh is is equal to this Funko Pop that's what I think about dude I go like no this is cool and I appreciate this and if somebody had a collection of this I'd look at him and be in awe for about 10 seconds and then I'd be like but they're also figurines again I'm not knocking you do what you want do what you like it's fine but they fucking got us and that's all I know. Like Nintendo or somebody, I, I want to say it was Nintendo, re-released these, uh, like a smaller version of the the, the NES and the SNES. Uh, and and it was perfect because it was, uh, uh, you could attach it to your TV, your smart TV, through an HDMI cable, and it came with controllers. It was, it was everything we remembered but I'm starting to feel right now I'm 32 and dude, when I revisit these games, cause I have a switch and, uh, they, you sign up for the monthly or is it the monthly? It's a, like a yearly thing. Anyways, it's their online, uh, payment plan thing. And so you're, you have access to the early games from the Nintendo and the super Nintendo and I'm playing these games, dude. And I gotta say like, you fucking suck, dude. Like, Look, Super Mario, whatever, all those were great. Those were fine because they actually had some sort of like skill to them uh, as far as playing. But dude, a lot of the games were just puzzle style games and they sucked, dude. But if you're living in 1991, you're like, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever played. And I understand that. And even I've talked to some people who are like, yeah, man, I replayed the, the, the first Zelda. It was incredible. I'm like, I went to go replay the first Zelda. I was bored as shit, dude. <laughs> like, again, great, uh, great invention for the time. I don't want to do that. I played Breath of the Wild. How do you want me to go from Breath of the Wild, which is a fucking amazing game, by the way, to then go back to the original? I'm not that deep of a, of a culture geek, man. Like, I, I loved it then, and I'll leave it then. And even now, like, I... You know, I, I was victim to the nostalgia game. I would definitely buy shit when I was eh, my like twenty five, like uh, early twenties to like my mid twenties. I was buying nostalgic shit because I was like, "Oh, this is so fucking cool!" And I, as soon as somebody did a collaboration with a with a brand that I used to own or have, uh, I would instantly buy it. I even I wouldn't even question it. And that's how they get you because it's those type of people like I was that would you instantly buy because of that nostalgia. And again, I'm not saying it's bad that people buy it. It's fine. Do whatever the fuck you want with your money. I'm just saying we're garbage because we're so victim to this, uh, to this commercial, uh, you know, lifestyle they have us in. Like we can't, we're buying the bullshit that again, if you, if you get a collectible one, I get it. It's worth money. Like I know the argument to that, but it's also most of it is going to be fucking trash eventually. And I see videos of people like or posts of people like selling their shit because it's like yeah because now you realize you were kind of done for buying it but at this point you've already spent the thousands of dollars that they got you to spend and now you're just trying to get a fucking a dime back you know from spending all that stuff and uh from spending all your money and so they're like yeah but you didn't like the avengers uh comic-con exclusives and it's like yeah dude but i didn't want to pay 120 for each but I get it. You're in the moment. You're in that environment. Everything looks cool. So it's like, uh, yeah, here's 120, but you don't even think about it. I'm assuming. So, but do they got us like that, man? They, they, 
they got us in most of my generation like that. I would say 30s to 40s right now is like where a lot of this nostalgia purchasing is going on because obviously these are kids of the 80s and the 90s and so we just for some reason want to hold so tight that time that felt right to us which is I would say for the most part a fucking peaceful and seemingly good time I mean the earth and the world is always you know shit to uh it's always shit wall to the wall but for the most part it seemed just the shit was at a minimum and they dealt with it under fucking under the wraps or whatever and and we could just live our lives and now it just feels like oh hey like yeah this volcano is gonna explode and probably kill half the world but uh i don't know what else is in the news oh possible comet oh okay oh new disease yeah that's also there uh this this person in like a high place in the political office stole a bunch of money he's gonna get away with it but uh but we know about it you know and so it's like great all right cool and so i think at this time it's like that's where we come in to where like we just want to feel like back then like how we felt then and unfortunately for the moment it's you you buy it and you think ah my childhood and then after a while you're like ah taking up space in my fucking house like i need to get rid of this but no man i i I get the play too i mean i i too feel i wish it was you know life felt a little bit more normal but i don't i've realized things you know products and stuff aren't isn't gonna give me that feeling like i came across this chart somebody made where it's kind of like a bar graph chart where it's like wanting to buy the product which is like it's a it like I don't know. They, let's just say on a scale of ten, it's like wanting to buy the product, eight. Going to get the product, ten. Buying the product, like fucking fifteen, whatever twenty off the charts. Owning the product, like having it day to day, two. Because that's what happens, dude. Like, it's the anticipation of going to get the thing. You're in line for it. You're paying for it. It's all great. And as soon as you have it, you realize it's just a thing. And you put it to the side. And it's hard for some people to, to break that mentality. I get it. Like you you want this thing. You love you thought you'd love this thing, or maybe it was gonna do something for you and it's not doing that. And but again, I get it. I get it. You wanna go back to those peaceful times, so I don't blame you. I mean that shit, man. If I if I too could buy that feeling of of how I felt as a kid. I, I bet you I would. Anybody would. Anybody would. Do you want that feeling? Like like you could put it almost in a coma state where you could relive your uh, your childhood in a, co- in a coma state that you could be woken up from. Idea for a movie. Don't take it, Hollywood. But if you do, it's okay. And so, yeah, I mean, I, if you could, if, and everybody would line up for that. And that's what they're trying to do with these products is sell us that little bit of nostalgia that we we so badly want just to go back to the childhood but you know dude i was well the main thing i was getting at i went on the i always go on the tangent you know this if you're a long time listener 59 episodes deep listener but you know the uh <laughs> like this high fashion shit right they they're playing us they're they're playing us because Balenciaga drops uh, drops what looks to be a trash bag <laughs> a trash bag bag like I talked about this on the previous episode like they're trying to make garbage and like like uh, you know homelessness or like not giving a fuck cool like oh dress like shit and be and look like shit but everything you're wearing is the highest price tag it's like oh you're so ironic with your garbage clothing that all costs you a fucking car payment. Like, it, it's ridiculous, dude. And so now they're selling this this uh, this garbage. Dude, you know what? If you buy this garbage, I swear to God. And they, and they will. They will sell probably hundreds. Like, it's one of those things where you're like, who would buy that? And you're around normal people. So they're like, no, fucking nobody would. But then you go to, like, New York and L.A. where people actually have money. And they buy dumb shit like that. Like, you'd go to a Balenciaga store. Like, you guys haven't sold any of those, have you? They're like, no, actually, we're on our 10th round of a 1,000 units. We've sold multiple bags to multiple people. This is how people move their stuff now. In faux garbage bags of, of from Balenciaga. You know, like, 
Dude, uh, <laughs> quick story. Dudes would come into Zoomies, and I remember I was helping this one kid out, and he's with his mom. And I go, hey, you know, hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? What are we looking for today? It was back to school, right? The kid with this straight face looks at me and says, like, yeah, y'all got any of those Balenciaga jeans? Dude, I had to look at him like I, I was I was stunned. I was like, I, I had to look around and I'd be like, but we're not in a Saks Fifth Avenue right now, are we? No. Is it? So that's weird. You're in a Zoomies, dude. Like, it smells in here a little bit, like, from a leak that's happening right above you. Are you asking me if we have Balenciaga jeans right now? <laughs> Dude, he asked me if we had Balenciaga jeans. I was like, guy, there's a kid over there. There's a mother changing her son, and she's going to leave that diaper on the floor. I guarantee it. Because why not just tell me, like, hey, I changed my kick and I throw my diaper in this trash can. I'll be like, yeah, sure, that's fine. No, she's going to leave it, and we're going to find it later. But, yeah, sure, man, we, we've got your Balenciaga jeans right over here. The $1,300 pair of Balenciaga jeans right over here. Come on, dude. By the way, I don't know if I've told this story before, but it's it's one of those, again, it's time for a new segment called Lives in My Head Rent-Free. Uh, when I worked at Zoomies. My homie Victor worked there too. It was a fucking, it was the best. You know, sometimes you can't work with your friends, but me and him, him we've always had this understanding and it, it worked out either. Anyways, the story goes, I went in to, uh, I went into work one day on my day off and I was, uh, Victor was up front of the store. I was in the back store with my store manager at the time. I'm talking to her about something scheduling. I don't know. And I know you guys fucking remember this. Don't act like you didn't. And if you're wearing them right now, don't be embarrassed. It's okay. You can take this off at the end of the pod. But it, uh, those tattoo sleeves that people would have, because it's like whatever, like they, they, it was like pantyhose for the arms. <laughs> and it had like a bunch of tattoo stuff on there. So, so get this, man. People would buy these things and wear them out in public. <laughs> They would wear them. <laughs> Dude, they would buy these things and wear them in public, okay? It was it was pantyhose for the arms with tattoos on them. People would put them on and they would walk around and, and act like they had their fucking arms sleeved up tatted, dude. What the fuck was so... Like, who came up with that idea, dude? I mean, genius to be like, fuck people. I'm going to make them look horrible, and I'm going to make a lot of money. And I assume the guy who fucking made them, or girl, we're not sexist here, made a fuck ton of money. Because I saw these things everywhere for a minute. So a girl comes in and asks, I must, uh, you know, and then the story goes, uh, Victor's up front. And, and this girl asks Victor, like, hey, do you have any of those tattoo sleeves, too? And I'm in the back, and Victor yells out, like, hey, uh, he goes, hey, Courtney, do we have any of those tattoo sleeve, uh, arm sleeves? And, dude, he's looking at her, like, pretty serious, <laughs> and the customer is looking in our, in our direction, too. And so then Victor goes like, there's a beat, right? There's like a, there's a moment. There's like a, cause she's, she's, she doesn't want to laugh and say no. Cause the customer would be embarrassed, obviously. So she takes a beat and she's like, uh, and then Victor dude, without, you know, he waits that beat. He goes, uh, all sold out, huh? <laughs> I laugh, Corey laughs, he laughs. The customer is destroyed internally. Like, <laughs> I didn't even see that lady around anymore. That was her last day on earth, man. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> because, dude, the sheer embarrassment. Oh, my God. The sheer embarrassment she must have felt. Because she was, like, on the tail end of that trend. Like, oh my god, dude, I'm crying right now. It's fucking, uh, it's 
rent-free memory, dude. I'll never forget it. I'll never fucking forget it. There's just like some things that live there. And I'm so glad they do because on bad days, dude, I, I love to pop those memories in. Like, you know, playing the hits, dude, in my head. And so I don't even think I think he I think he turned to her and maybe told her like, no, we don't have them. But like, you know, that customer left like, well, this is my last day on Earth. It was fun because fuck, man. Oh, my God. That was great, dude. That was a fucking those tattoo sleeves. God damn it. Let's never bring those back, please. Let's never do that. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, like. I guess they can make us buy anything if, if you know, they sold those tattoo uh, sleeve things. Balenciaga wants to sell us a, was it $1,700 trash bag? And they're like, no, no, I mean, this is gonna, this is hot. This is so hot. This is, we're just also secretly telling you, if you buy this, you're garbage. Rightfully so, I guess, too. Dude, working in retail, it gives you the <laughs> it gives you the the life with many stores, and they're not all great, of course. I mean, that one was just it was just one of those moments, man. It perfectly happened. The coincidences all lined up, and it was great. But dude, I had like some of my best laughs there, just either because the people that I worked with or uh, or customers, dude, and like. Like, there, there's a few that stick with me. And uh, <laughs> I think the hardest I've ever laughed... If somebody would have asked me, like, what's the hardest you've ever laughed? And, uh, I mean, there's, there's like a... There's a record, right? There's like a top ten in my brain. And whenever I die, I hopefully get to relive those. But the one of them I will never forget. Because it was just downright... Caught me off guard... Like it was just silly, it was hilarious, and it was it was everything to the point where my stomach, like, you know when you laugh so hard, you're like, fuck, my stomach's kinda hurting, but like this is I can't stop because it's so funny. Your mind just finds this thing so funny, dude. And so uh in 2013 or 14, right, there was this company called Neff, and I, I know they're still around like vaguely, but they're they're around, right? And they were going to have a contest. Uh they were gonna change their um their little logo, their logo was like a, like a face of a kid, like, it looked like a logo that belonged on a, like a frosty treat, or a drink you would find in Mexico, you know, like, just like this, like, boyish little cartoon face, licked with his tongue out, just me, you know, so they wanted to redesign their logo, and so they had a contest all over Zoomies, like, all the Zoomies uh, across the country that were basically, like, uh, he, they, they sent paper, uh, like they sent like, uh, yeah, like paper templates, if you will, just with the circle, uh, and it said, draw the new Neff logo. Right. And the best one wins. And so, you know, dude, a lot of people would come in a lot of, there were some good ones. I'm not going to lie. We sent the good ones. We had to decide like what top five would, we're going to go to the actual Neff and, and whatever. So, Here's the thing. Here's why it's funny, dude, because I don't... We had a stack of them, dude. People brought them in, and some of them were just like, okay, yeah, just dick and balls, boobs, whatever. Like, silly ones, uh, we get it. Like, they turned in because fuck it, why not? So it was a stack. Well, at this point, we'd ever, uh, we'd had already chosen the top five that were going to go to the Neff home office. And so we just had a stack, like, you know, fucking running a store with a bunch of teenagers and young adults... You're going to find that it doesn't get clean very often. Well, apparently somebody had made a stack of, uh, like, rejected Neff drawings. And they had hid them somewhere, dude. So when I was cleaning out the cash register, or the cash wrap, rather, I I pulled out a stack of the, the Neff papers, dude. And I, man, I pull out this paper and the face somebody drew was so fucking ridiculous ridiculous like look i the reason it's funny is because i don't know what age of the person that turned this in was but the reason i found it so fucking funny was it was so bad but you could tell that they worked on it like 
And oh god damn it, dude! And I remember like if I, I kept looking at it, and the more I looked at it, the funnier it got. Like it was just so bad. And of course, I can't convey what it looked like. It was so long ago, but I just remember that memory of just God. There's this uh, one day I was hanging out with all my managers, and we looked up like bad tattoos. Right? This, oh my god, nothing got like this was. It was one of those. You can look it up. It's like a fucking. It's a back tattoo that somebody has, and it's supposed to be like a lion or something, or something, dude. But it's so bad, like they didn't even try to make like a head. They just did like a fucking, oh, like a, like a. They made a very long, uh, a lowercase n, if you will. Like it just went, it went up, it curved a little, came back down. No, no attempt at a head or a neck, dude. Just like a solid up and down. And then they try to draw like teeth and eyes and all that. Dude, if you look up that tattoo, it's like, I don't know, a horrible back tattoo lion. If you look that up, dude, it is by far the funniest fucking thing ever. And that Neff drawing was sort of like that where it was like... (laughs) You could tell the intention was to try to do a good job, but it just came out so horrible, dude. Oh, my God, man. Uh, just do me a favor. Look up that tattoo. It's fucking hilarious. And that's what this Neff thing, I guess, reminded me of just because it was like the attempt. And look, I'll say right now, I'm a whore. I can't draw for shit, dude. Like, I if I actually try, it becomes embarrassing because of how bad I can draw. Like, I can't do it. I'm not saying that the the person who tried it wasn't putting their heart into it i fucking i highly doubt that they were putting everything into it trying to win this contest i get it but what i'm saying is i fucking burped up my lunch a little bit there what i'm saying is like <laughs> the face dude oh god i feel bad i feel bad but you know what at one point i got made fun of for something i drew and you got to live with that shit dude you got to take that shit in stride and and just move on with your life, man. <laughs> it's like, dude, I still think about that. That, like, I showed a, a, a drawing to some, like, to two people. They looked at it. They looked at each other. And then they laughed at me, dude. Which was, uh, it's hilarious. Like, it's so good to be fucking laughed at sometimes. Like, it's just a good way to get ego checked. And I fucking needed that. Because I thought that was the shit. And it wasn't, dude. And I I don't draw to this day. I would rather, like, um... Like, I even gave, um... A digital art a try i got one of those was like a bamboo pad tablet thing and fucking i'll see you later dude if i couldn't if i can't put pencil to paper and draw something i i definitely can't do a, a digital pad to then to then show up on uh what do you call it on a on a computer and i drew this one logo for uh for my company slab skateboards which Here's what I'll say. There are bad drawings that look good and you're like, oh, that's kind of sick. And then there's bad drawings where you're like, this is bad. Why is this on here? <laughs> and that's what I drew. I, I'm a terrible drawer, dude. To the point like where when somebody saw the board, they go, you drew this, didn't you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, I did. I did draw it. I was like, fuck, man. So I, that was my last time at a town. I was like, let me, let me hire somebody. Let me find somebody to draw. Cause I can't draw. Like, it's just not in me. And I envy those who can, man, those who can, it's like a jealous, I'm jealous of that skill. Cause it's like, whatever you see, you can create. And that's fucking, that's awesome. I wish I could do that, but, oh man. I mean, now working for that company was, uh, they, I mean, it's just like any other job. They, they were cool. Um, and, but it was also like just the cool people that I met. And I know on one of the pods I talked about, uh, the one we were going to Austin, me and my wife, we were talking about that guy, uh, who, you know, worked for Zoomies too, but then he, I don't know, like I said, he got he quit or, or got fired or whatever the case is. And he went on to fucking be a roadie or a guitar tech for Deftones in Europe. And that's fucking, that's awesome. And like so many people, so many interesting people worked for Zoomies to the point where I was like, why are you here? Like, <laughs> like in a good way because I was like you seem so fucking cool and you like the way when I met so many different people through zoomies I was like it like these people are a product either of their environment or 
well, or this is just who they are, but when I would meet people, I'd go, dude, like your attitude is great. Or, uh, you know, cause we, uh, everybody from the country, we'd all meet up at one year, sometimes twice a year, depending. Um, and you would see like, for the most part, every, a lot of people have the same kind of good qualities and bad qualities. Right. Like, but there's like also a, just the way they carry themselves or the way they talk it's just completely different from what what I'm used to. And that's like one of the times where I was like, dude, like, see, it's not, I'm not tripping on thinking my city is kind of shitty with the way people are, but it's all they know. So I was like, okay, if this is all the people where I live know, and I know that there's more out there and these people are kind of proving it to me. It's like, I never wanted to get out more than when I was with that company. Cause they provided us, you know, the, uh, because when we would go on these trips, you would you would room with people from different states, cities. It was like almost like, hey, you're gonna meet people. Come on, like, and that was fucking cool. When I was young, I was like, that's kind of weird, like. But as I got older, it was. I found you know I remember it's actually pretty fucking cool. Like you get to just meet people, talk about the differences, and it it all just comes up. Sometimes you know you'd uh like I got roomed with like a couple of California potheads, dude. Like that were just fucking smoking back to back i'm like and like the shit they were smoking i was like jesus like this shit's fucking it's leaking into my room and it's killing me like uh dude the california people i gotta say were so fucking california you knew dude you knew when you saw them they were so like like the party people the fucking eyes on us type people like you could fucking you could tell uh uh a californian hundred miles away and then because then you'd see the midwest guys you'd see the east coast guys you would hear the fucking east coast guys right you'd fucking all of them look everybody in that company smoke fucking cigarettes that that's one thing i found out too like they would during a during the meetings we would have they this is no bullshit we would take smoke break it was like they they would say take a five ten minute break but we know i know at least that it was for the smokers man there were so many smokers in that company i couldn't believe it man like just every time we do something like everybody smoke break smoke break and then people who i didn't even know that close that were in my like district or whatever were all smokers i'm like jesus so like it'd be me and like three other people just left behind in a room and all everybody would go out and smoke and it was insane I'm like, that's just way that, you know, to that level, I never gave into that just because, look, I had smoked some cigarettes before, but it just, it didn't, it didn't do that thing that these, I guess it did for these people. So every trip, dude, we would, uh, just like everybody, you know, hop off the bus, take your smoke break, do all this. But, uh, dude, you know, what's funny. It was one time I was going to this hundred K event. It was probably my third or fourth time there. And we're on, uh, I get on a bus, we get on this bus shuttle, whatever, that's going from the Denver airport to uh, Keystone, Colorado. And so we're on this bus and uh, like, <laughs> I could tell that it was these guys like first, first time like uh, on, on to the, to the Zoomies 100K. And so dude, they were so excited. They were stoked as fuck. And they're just, uh. Dude, they're just on the bus making jokes, cracking jokes about literally everything, right? So we get into the resort, and the number one thing I won't forget, because they're just they're just in the back. They're not being annoying. They're just they're just having a good time and they're making jokes. Some of them are landing, some of them aren't, you know, and <laughs> you can tell when when they don't land, you can tell they're like they'll say something and they're just like talking to people. They're just being like they're just fucking, I don't know, the they're just excited. So there's one point we're pulling into the, like the main town square of this resort, right? And they have this kind of uh, they they built this uh, ice skating rink, and it's so <laughs> dude. I'll never forget this memory, man. We're pulling in the guy. Those two guys are just still cracking jokes about whatever. We turn the bend and we're and we're looking at this uh, you know skating rink. And, dude, there's somebody who just keeps, like, slipping and falling and trying to pick themselves up and catching, like, you ever see somebody on, on like, rollerblades, basically, on the, on cement, where they're just, like, they're, they're, 
<laughs> one foot keeps slipping out, but the other one comes back just in time so they don't hit their face. So this is what the ice skating is. Dude, and then one of the guys goes like, God, that's like me trying to get my life together. Oh, dude, the whole bus, er- the whole bus erupts in laughter, dude, because that was it. They had put the fucking icing on the cake. That was it. Like, he killed it on that joke, dude. And and just watching, it was like a live meme. You know what I mean, dude? Like, the, he, he had the commentary underneath the actual visual. It was perfect. And this person is slipping on these ice skates, trying to get their footing, and they just fucking can't. And God damn it, dude. I mean, some of the best, some of the best, coolest people I've met, I met on that trip, just because you're in a, you're in a mix melting pot with so many different people and, and different parts of the country. It was fucking cool, man. That was one thing I did like about that. And then collectively together, we would all just bitch about like the company and what we could feel they could do better and all that stuff. And so we all shared that bond because, you know, sometimes you'd find, like, a real gung-ho dude for Zoomies. Like, nah, bro, like, Zoomies is the best. Zoomie does no wrong. Zoomie is all the the end-all, be-all to, you know, everything. And it's like, oh, come on, man. You know, like, every company has their issues. I mean, although Zoomies was upfront about their shit, I'll, I'll say that. They were very, uh, uh, they were like, we know this is going on and we're trying to fix it. That's one thing I did appreciate it because no, nothing and nobody can be perfect, but... Uh, they were a super cool company to work with, man. I think so. I mean, I worked for them for 10 years and they were cool. I left for my own reasons and, uh, but ah, it's weird too, just to see that company kind of change. Cause they, you know, they, they have to, they have to change with the times. Like what was in 10 years ago isn't in today and fucking five years ago, forget about that. Whatever was five years ago is not even in today. It's just, it's just how the world moves. So they have to change and adapt with it. And Unfortunately, because, you know, I stayed the same person since I was in high school and I'm into the same shit as I was in high school, then all all this stuff is beyond me. So when I see, uh, you know, what what kids or like young teens are into, I'm like, mm, not for me. And I'm cool with that. And I've, and I've accepted the getting old and and moving on with my own shit. And I, dude, it's like I can't even on my Apple Music. I hardly listen to new music just because there's nothing really out there that like catches my ear. But when when I when there is, I mean, I save it, I download it, I do all that. But I'm finding myself finding older music that I missed out on, like some bands that maybe I heard of but never gave them a chance. And now I'm listening to them. Um, but I was joking around with my homie, and I was like, "Yeah, dude, like my whole playlist is <laughs> is just early '90s punk, late '90s pop punk." early 2000s you know all the just the shit that I got that I grew up on it's I'm just stuck there and like uh I, I just was juggling my homie saying like my apple playlist is like uh oh well you've listened to when I've come around about 3,000 times when are you gonna come around to some new music and it's like can never dude I don't know like there's there's some good things and there's some good gems in music and but dude, I just feel like music moves so fucking fast now. Like if somebody puts out an album in a week, that album is gone. Like they might have been working on that album for three, four fucking years, and they get one week and that's it. Something to say about the amount of media we can consume is just like, you know, here, take this and it's and <laughs> and enjoy. So I mean some people can can last a little longer when it comes to like topping the charts and shit, but Dude, like, there's just no more meaning in music. Like, you would have to, you waited for a drop date of your favorite band to release. I mean, they had schedules, you know, new music every Thursday or Fridays at at, uh, record stores or CD stores. And you would just go and you would go get it. But now it's just like every day somebody's dropping a new album and it gets, it's, unless you're a fan of that genre and you know about it, then it means probably something to you. But like rap and hip hop, I feel like, okay, Drake, one of the biggest selling artists out there, I feel like he drops an album, he gets, in his defense, I won't say a week, I'll say a solid month of like exposure, but that's that's him, uh, you know, and then that's if somebody else who's a smaller uh, artist, but still very popular, releases something, then it'll get pushed back to like three weeks, two weeks, and I don't know, I just feel like it's just so much media, it's easy to to, to put your interest in, in anything and everything else, YouTube, Netflix, 
I mean, all these places too have new series coming out. It's insane how now everything is more readily available for you to listen and to watch, but also there's not enough time to do all those things. I mean, unless you're a bum, then yeah, go for it. Like, what do you have to do? Like, you got no job. But at the same time, if you have no job, how do you have Netflix? Oh, let me guess. You borrowed your cousin's Netflix password. He doesn't know. You just overheard one day and you took it from him. And you have like a PS3 that you play. And then like when people are like, you have a PS3? You're like, yeah, no, dude, like the best games were on PS3. But really, you don't want to admit that you just fucking, you're a bum. And you can't, you don't want to go get a job and go get the PS4 or PS5 even at that. So anyways, dude, dude talk, talking about technology, let me just, I got to get something on my fucking chest has been killing me. All right, I go into Best Buy, right? I need to go buy uh, 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 some technology from Best Buy. They have what I need. Okay, by the way, real quick, I'm about to say Best Buy is equivalent to not exactly Walmart as a whole, but like you go into Best Buy, dude, here's the thing. All that technology is beyond a... I would say 99.9% of people, right? You go in there and you're like, fuck, I know what I'm looking for, but I wish I knew what was the best choice for me, right? Now you can do this online and thank God there's online on the, on, you know, they can tell you online what, what's better, what's faster. You can read it you can do your own research, which is fine, which is great. And if you're an adult, I, I say you do that. But in case you're an adult, an incapable adult of doing that, and you go into a store like Best Buy, I would hope and I would assume that you go in there, find somebody, ask them for help, and and then they would assist you on doing that. Now, in my experience, it is a fucking no for them because, dude, I go in there and I know what I want and I go straight to the place where I know what it is. But guess what? Because people are pieces of shit and they steal and they, no, they can't trust anybody, <laughs> they keep a lot of the stuff in the back. Well, I can't go back there, can I? Because I never worked for Best Buy. So now I got to wait around with my fucking dick in my hand at Best Buy. Because I know how that works. But I just don't know how this laptop works. So there I am, dick in hand, waiting around for somebody. I'm looking like fucking John Travolta in Pulp Fiction with my coat. Just like, anybody? No? Nobody wants to sell me anything? So there I am. I'm, I'm waiting, dude. And then I see some... And you got you to gotta attack them. Like fucking, you're in the Amazon. No, not the Amazon. You're in the Sahara. You're a cheetah looking at a fucking, uh, what are they called? Uh, uh, shit, dude. You know, the, the deer looking things, but they're not deer looking things. You get it. Uh, and as soon as I see somebody with a blue shirt, I'm like, oh, plan of attack. He's checking somebody out. I'm going to fucking pull him as soon as he gets off that register because I need help. Fortunately, some, some other dude comes and he's like, hey man, what's up? just like, hey man, like, uh, yeah, I'm looking for this, uh, uh, I needed a, a trackpad for a Mac computer, right, guy, he, this is, this is so cock of him, he looked at me like, okay, like, like, if I'm the asshole, like, if I didn't, like, if I'm supposed to know where everything was, he looks at me like, okay, dude, so cock, and I love this, I love when people act so fucking sure of themselves, and when we get there, they look like total asses. I go, I'm looking for a trackpad. Now, I said trackpad. This guy must have heard, oh, you're looking for an itty-bitty mouse for your computer. Walks me over, puts his hand out like an asshole, and is like, here you go. And I'm like, no, man. I said trackpad. And right there, dude, I saw his face change to be like, oh, I am an asshole. So dick, dude. It's like, I. anyways, he goes, oh, okay. Um, I gotta go to the back and get that. I, I do. I want to tell him, hey, I know you do. That's why I was waiting for you, guy, to get here to give me what I needed because I, I already looked in the place where it was. It said ask somebody for assistance, and it was ironic because there was no fucking buddy around, just like a Walmart where it's like when you need something. If you get the blessing of seeing somebody in a blue vest in a Walmart, you're like, oh my god, I I, I need something from them and. If somebody has hit him with like defibrillators to bring them back to life for you to ask a question to be like, hey, where's this? And if they have the, you know, the tongue that wasn't cut outside of them from the Walmart CEO and they can actually answer you back, you know, so this Best Buy guy goes, yeah, let me go to the back and get it. I'm like, thank you. He go, I go, well, as he's leaving, I'm like, I'm just like, okay, 
that's it. Like, I was like, hey, do you have any options? Or like, is, do you have the late, I ask him, what, do you have the latest ones? Are there colors? He goes, oh yeah, we have the latest ones and it comes in two colors, uh, white and black, but we don't have the black one. I was like, don't give me the option. Don't tell me about the option. This is just like, no, all we have is a white one. Abby, that would have been great. I would have been happy. I would have been like, all right, cool. I know my options. Just the white one. Great. Let's go. So he finally comes back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to look around some more, but he puts up, uh, puts it up in the front. And of course, you know, cause they don't trust anybody. I get it. Like Best Buy is so like, nah, dude, we'll do it ourselves. We're going to take it up there ourselves. Which, because I don't think they work on commission. I've known a few people to work there, and I don't. I really don't think they work on commission. So there's no incentive for them to take it up there, other than you might steal this, and that sucks. But then I get that, dude. So besides that being my whole gripe about going to, because dude, all brick and mortar, I feel like will fall because it is more convenient to look on Apple's website to find out what they have latest or what they could have as the oldest and they break down everything for you. It's so much easier than to interact with somebody who's having a bad day or is done with their job and you got to go off that energy. It's like, fuck that. Let me go for a robot who just tells me the facts and I decide on what I want. So go up there, right? And I'm going to pay and I pay for it, whatever. I go, hey man, can I have a bag? Again, I look, I'm the asshole, right? Because I asked a simple question, like, could I have a bag? He looks at me. He looks at me as if I have turned into a ghost, right? He's like, oh, uh, well, we kind of don't do the bags anymore. Okay, he says this. We don't do the bags anymore. But... I could charge you 10 cents and I can give you one. That sentence made no sense to me because if you don't you don't do the bags anymore, what are you going to sell me for 10 cents, guy? Are you are you taking dollar general bags now and then you're just charging 10 cents off them cuz you got to pay them? I, I don't understand. What you don't do the bags anymore, but you have bags? Okay. So here I am. I'm already at like a five as far as like over this place, right? I I hit, I don't hit a 10. I don't because it, uh, uh, charging me 10 cents for a bag. I get it. I don't lose my shit. I'm like, at this point I go to a 7.8 and yes, I'm that accurate with my, how pissed am I scale? I'm at a 7.8, right? Because if I was this guy, I'd go, Hey, before you rung me out for everything, because I had already paid at this point, I go, hey, do you want a bag? Because if so, we we uh, charge 10 cents for them. And you know what? And I get it because whatever, whatever. If Best Buy can't be fucking rich enough, they still got to charge you 10 cents for a, a bag for a fucking product I bought from them. You're lucky I bought it from you. You're going to charge me 10 cents for a fucking bag. But besides the point, I will get to that. But this point is this guy should have said, Hey man, before we check out, would you like a bag with your purchase? Because if so, I'll ch- I'll charge you ten cents for it on this transaction. And to him, I'd go, "Oh my god, thank you for giving a shit at the place you work at and get money for." And he would charge me, and and we would have, you know, I would have a bag. I noticed, dude, before I walked into this Best Buy, I was like, "Why is everybody carrying their shit out like if if like they're looting this place?" Like, I saw people, like, holding boxes, like, bear-hugging boxes. I'm like, that kind of, that's that shouldn't happen. Like, you should have a bag with you. Like, obviously, big screen TVs, they have, like, little dollies and stuff you can roll out to your car. But, yeah, I was like, look, not that a bag would deter a robber from robbing you, right? Like, you, you walk out with the bag, and he's like... Hey, give me, oh, fuck, man, you got, you got a bag? No, well, I'm not going to rob you. You have a bag, like, obviously, like, no, dude, go, 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 go to your car. Get the fuck out of here. There's some bad people out here. It's not like the robber's going to be like, okay, he, look, this motherfucker doesn't have a bag. Get his trackpad that he needs to run his computer. Like, no, I get it, but I'm just saying, tell me in the beginning of the transaction, because maybe, yeah, I do want a bag. Maybe I've got an oddly weird shaped trash can that only your bags 
They're fucking like five. No, they're like eight gallon bags for some fucking reason. But like I said, like it's and why even charge me the 10 cents, dude? We, I bought this fucking hundred dollar product from you. You're telling me that doesn't give me <laughs> freedom to a free bag. I understand if I bought like, I don't know, a uh, what are those things called? Like a micro SD card. Like, yeah, I could do could shove that in my ass. I like, can walk out. It's fine. Like. No, but I bought something I'd like to kind of carry in a bag out of here. And, uh, yeah, no, that's my only gripe. Like, I feel like that is the the end. It's getting pretty close to brick and mortar almost not being a thing. I mean, it's going to take more years than that. But slowly and surely, like, when these companies are going to make it so much more easier for us to order online i mean i think for the most part most of these it's gonna go from brick and mortar like you're in a standing store to now like hey you are personally gonna drive this to this person here today like it's gonna get there in the next two hours i think that's what we're gonna see a lot more of it's gonna be more travel-based jobs and working like uh maybe like for example like an academy or a walmart or whatever would have like fleets of vehicles for people to uh to drive in to deliver you know instead of uh ups or whatever the case is like if it's local i think that these companies would do that like they'll keep a fleet of vehicles on you know and then oh you're gonna deliver all this stuff like kind of like how they do for uh i guess groceries i guess you can get your groceries delivered from like heb now and i think some other people did like favor and all these other all these other companies, but I think that's where it might be going, where it's like, nobody's coming in store anymore, so we got to shut the stores down, now, in place of that, these places are just going to be warehouses, and sure, maybe you can come in to pick up at something you ordered, and it'll just be like a big warehouse, and, uh, and you think like, no, people are always going to want to try shit on, but it's like, yeah, but imagine if you just ordered something, and then it didn't fit, you just go back to the big warehouse, they'll have like a little front not a little front but a pretty big optional front desk with multiple people just helping you exchange and get the right items so it's kind of like it's almost it would just be like a warehouse style i don't know that that's just where i kind of see it going i feel like the whole customer service of it all is you know out is gonna go out the way and like even with restaurants dude you might you might think like yeah but it'll still be uh people at uh you know servers and stuff Maybe I'll say this, like in 20 years, maybe at high class restaurants, sure, there will be. But like a Chili's and Applebee's, uh, places like this, TGI Fridays, I think they're going to go the way in which what Chili's is already doing with those little screens. Because how, how great would it be just to, look, I hate to interact and wait for a waiter when I really need something. Like, when I don't need a waiter, I appreciate when they're not here. But when I, as soon as I need a waiter, I need them to anticipate my needs, right? But that's impossible because you don't know my needs. I can't just fucking read them to you, like, like telepathically. So I think that that little screen is cool because you're like, hey, I need a refill. They come and they get the refill, no questions asked. That's what I like. I don't even need to interact with somebody like that. Friends of mine would say, like, you just don't want to tip them. Not true. Not true guy i don't mind tipping them but look the hostess sits you down if they hit order off the computer i would i'd be totally fine with that and if somebody just runs out my food and my drink dude fuck it even if you call me to a window i'll go get it myself i'm not a lazy piece of shit i don't mind i don't so i don't know maybe I think at those lesser, at these like smaller companies, they'll do that because they're going to see that like people want less and less human interaction. I mean, that just, I don't know, man. I just think that's where, where it could be going, but, um, I don't know, man. I want to talk about this next thing. I don't know if I should save it. You know what? I'll tell you what happened. And then, uh, on another episode, I'll, I'll, uh, on the next episode, if I remember, I'll, I'll actually read the thing to you. So, um, uh, just to give you some context, I've been, uh, watching on YouTube, these sort of like these, uh, true horror stories or scary stories of people's like real life interactions with like other humans. And dude, I've been obsessed with them. I've been watching them like back to back. It's almost like it's, 
if there was a word for an addiction or like, I can understand if I was like doing coke or something, I feel like this is what doing coke is because like, dude, I, I listened to one and it gave me this feeling of like, I was scared. Like, you know, it gave me like chills and goosebumps. And I just had to say, like, I was like, again, I kept listening to the next one and the next one and the next one scared me. And the next one scared me. There's so many because there were so, you know, if, if these are really true, they're so, I mean, they're detailed and the, and the guy who's narrating them makes them really chilling and scary. And then the, the music in the background, you know, it all works and it, and it gives me fucking chills and goosebumps. And I think the guy, if you want to check him out, dude, like if you're into that, or if you don't know you're into that. The guy's name is, I think it's Chilling, yeah, Chilling Scares is the name, uh, and so, um, dude, I've been listening to that, <laughs> I've scared myself stupid, dude, I have, I am now, like, th- repeating the stories I've, I've heard, and it's, like, I'm scaring myself like an idiot, I'm like, oh, fuck, what if this happens, or what if there's, you know, and obviously nothing's happened, so I'm I'm fine, but I'm just scaring myself because I'm listening to these scary stories over and over and these new ones and it's just like, well that could happen to me and, and it's it's all the worst scenarios, dude. It's like road trip horror stories, hotel horror stories, there is uh high school, middle school, elementary. Dude, those are I thought those were gonna be a little chill, but they were the scariest, dude, from like there's this one story about a, a guy runs past it, the school shooter and like he like he couldn't believe it like how the the kid didn't do anything to him but he ran past them before he even started shooting um and it was a student that went there it's it's insane and then there was another one where like a young kid uh ran into a store and uh he killed like uh somebody at a convenience store he robbed it and he went into the nearest high school and a kid was in the restroom and the the school turned off the power. So this guy's in the dark stall of a bathroom, you know, in a lockdown. And then he hears the door open and somebody gets into the song next to him and, and he's quiet. And then he's like, uh, you know, the, the guy, the first guy goes like, hey, who's there? And the guy's like, oh, uh it's just, uh, I heard there's a lockdown, so I'm, I'm just, you know, sheltering in place, and the guy didn't give him a name or anything, but he sounded like his age, so it was fine, and it was just creepy, because then, like, finally, over the intercom, the principal's like, everybody come outside, you know, one of the, the first guy that was there walks out, he's like, hey, man, aren't you coming, and he goes, yeah, I'll be there in a second, and, you know, obviously, the guy walks out, realizing that it was, it was the guy, it was the kid, it's just creepy shit, I'm, I'm telling it horribly, you gotta, like, you gotta hear these stories for yourself, I, they creep me the fuck out, but maybe because I'm not a horror guy, you know, I'm, I'm so far from it that these, like, really scare me, it almost, oh man, like, when you were a kid and you, and I don't know if you read that book, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and they made that movie adaptation of it, or even Goosebumps, dude, Goosebumps kind of scared me when I was a kid, that's just, that's to show you the level of like how easily I scared like goosebumps when I was a kid was super scary. So anyways, like the point I'm trying to make from all that is, okay, so all these people had a common story of just like normal day, normal life. And then this freaky, scary thing happened to me. And it's something I think about all the time. Well, of course, I'm in that mindset of that. Like, I'm like, oh, God, this is fucking creepy. You know, like everything's creepy. Like anybody could be watching or listening or whatever the case is so anyways one day I'm, I'm I'm out to get mail from my mailbox and I see this handwritten letter you know dated with an address and it doesn't have my name or my wife's name it just says current residence of where we live I go okay this is weird maybe this is a invitation to something I don't know we, we get letters like this all the time but it's for previous people who used to live there and but this one just said current residence and our address says so okay so I, I open it up thinking like oh it's gonna be a promotional thing it just looks handwritten have you ever seen those where like it looks handwritten but it's just like they xeroxed it on top or whatever like they just scanned it i don't know so anyways i open it up dude and the the one thing i didn't want there to be in there was notebook paper right i didn't want notebook paper to be in there but to my surprise, what do I see? 
notebook paper. I go, fuck, this is a real letter. I already hate this. My, I'm easily scared. I'm telling you, dude, if there was, there's fluid in my spine, that shit went from the bottom of my spine all the way to the top of my head, dude. So I go, great. I didn't want notebook paper in here because notebook paper makes it fucking real. And this is real as shit. So I grab the letter outside, uh, take it out and I, and I'm opening it. I'm like, fuck, somebody wrote this. This is a written letter. Son of a bitch, dude. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, great, great. I'm going to die now because of all the videos I've watched. I've, I'm let my mind run rampant. Right. So I'm reading it, dude. Now I'm going to read this. I'll read the letter, um, next week, but from the gist of it, it creeps me out just because he goes, Hey, my name, he gives me his name and his address is on there, uh, on the, on the envelope. So it's not like two out of pocket. Right. So he goes on to say that like in 1956, his parents and him and his brothers and sisters moved there from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Corpus, right. For, for his dad's work. He was four years old when his parents bought the land and built the house. The total of the house cost with the land was 12500 which is insane now because you're thinking like, did they buy a Kia Sorento? Like what? what 12500 for land and to build the house? Like my house is nice, dude. It's like, it's spacious. It's good. So to think that back then, that's all it cost them. But obviously 1956, that's a lot of fucking money. It's $12,000. I mean... 12,000 is a lot now if you had to pay that to somebody, you know, it is, but I'm just saying for like a house and land, it's, it's fucking cheap, it's dirt cheap, so he goes on to say, in detail, with stories uh, supporting, he's like, oh, the backyard, it's uh, rectangular in shape, and me and the neighborhood kids would play football back there, pretending it was a football field, he's all, my, me and my brothers would slingshot each other as pretending to play war, you know, he goes on to say, and then he, then he, okay, the creepiest thing is he describes the house, which I don't like already. I'm like, ugh, creepy, right? Because I live here, and I don't, I know if you lived here, it's fine that you know, but don't explain to me in detail with supporting stories how much you know my house. Like, it's weird. He goes on to say that, like, they didn't have any AC, so the parents put in ceramic tile so that it would feel a little cooler. I don't know how that's possible. If you know, leave down in the comments below, obviously. Um, he also said that it got so hot sometimes that the brothers would move their beds into the, the there's a room. We have, like, an office room, but it was basically, like, another room. And so air would flow in, because it does really nice. There's two windows on each side, and air does flow really nice in there. So, um And, you know, it was just more or less kind of creepy that this guy just sent this letter. Oh, and then he goes on to say, um, every time I'm in town for like a funeral or like a reunion, I stop by the house to check it out and I take photos of the house. And I'm like, already don't like this. I get it. And I, and I, I understand there is this thing of like, this is where you grew up. But it's like, it's like, guy, don't do this. Don't, whatever you're doing, please don't do this, you know, because you're freaking me out. The only thing that's helping me is that, okay, this guy's like 74. I'm assuming I did the math. If he was there in 1956 or no, 1952, he was four at the time. All right, this guy's 74. Okay, 72, whatever. I don't know. He's in the 70s. I'm like, okay, I could take this guy on if he fucking comes with his weird shit, but ah, dude, I'll read the letter, and it's just, and then he says something like, uh, oh, it's in the postscript, you know, which is P.S. He says, oh, by the way, buried underneath the, I think what it says is paint, buried underneath the paint on one of the door jams is 12,500 now. Did your boy think I was Nicolas Cage all of a sudden and I was going to go on a fucking treasure hunt? Yeah. Because I was like, what What are you saying exactly? Are you saying you've buried money inside of my house and that I need to go find? Or are you, were you, and I think I, I came down to the conclusion that this guy was just telling me that that's how much the land and the house cost at the time when his parents, uh, when they all lived there. But 
why postscript that? You know, it's so ominous and weird to say that, oh, by the way. And I was, trust me, I was expecting the fucking worst. I was like, oh, by the way, look up. And it's just like, he just fucking comes down and eats me or some fucking <laughs> dumb shit like that. I don't know, dude. But what I'm saying is, don't send letters to places you used to fucking live that's fucking weird and nobody wants to hear that, okay? If you live there, great. Just, you know, move on with your life, dude. Stop sending letters. It's weird, dude. Especially weird for people who just got into horror film, you, I mean, horror, like, stories on YouTube, okay? Because it's a lot. But, <laughs> dude, thank you guys for listening. Another week, I appreciate you. And, uh, oh, yeah, dude, I, I got to say this every now and again, but, like, dudes subscribe like i don't know do the good things that help these things i don't know what you could do was it subscribe on on like wherever you get the podcast stuff at like follow it do whatever you gotta do if you appreciate your boy just you know how hard is it just slide that finger on that screen and just you know gently touch it the you know the following thing not me all right anyways i'll see you guys next week thanks for listening again Bye.